0: Welcome to Baptist Perspective with Jimmy Barber. Whether you're listening while driving home from work, sitting with a hot cup of coffee, or making dinner, we hope this podcast will be thought-provoking and edifying. Now, here with today's episode is Jimmy Barber. Too often people do not consider that Old Testament saints have the same faith as that of the New Testament. In fact, Galatians 3 Verses 7 and 9 clearly say, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham? And so then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Regardless of how faith is manifested or exhibited in the life of a child of God, it is the same kind of faith. Ephesians 4 verses 4 through 6 equally testifies to this in that it declares that we all are called in one hope of our calling, one Lord, one faith, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. The reason that people in the Old Testament did not believe the gospel is the same as why people now do not believe. It is because it is not mixed with faith. Hebrews 4.2 testifies to this truth. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Notice that it was the same gospel. There was not a separate gospel in the Old Testament. The gospel that was preached unto them is the same gospel preached unto us. That is, provided the gospel preached today is the one true gospel as confirmed in Galatians chapter 1 verses 6 through 7. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another but there be some that troubled you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. The Lord willing, we will discuss the gospel more in detail in the future. Books written, sermons preached, and theologians have lectured endeavoring to ascertain how much gospel one must believe or how accurate a particular theological system conforms to the truth of the gospel obviously the scriptures are silent regarding this question one thing is certain each child of grace has faith and that faith is realized before god man may not be able to determine or evaluate how much faith one has but god knows Even the writer of Hebrews affirmed that many were unnamed, that wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. Hebrews 11 verses 37 and 38. As we scan our eyes over the entire 11th chapter of Hebrews, there are some named that we likely would not think they truly had saving faith. Equally, when one would consider the thief on the cross, there are questions as to how and why he knew what he knew. Nevertheless, within the short period of three hours, He went from one scoffing and ridiculing the Lord, see Matthew verses 27 through 38 and 44, to one professing faith in Christ, see Luke 23, 39 through 44. That faith was manifested in him is seen, one, by rebuking the other thief, two, Admitting that he was getting what was just by being crucified. 3. That Jesus was not guilty. 4. Calling Jesus Lord. 5. That Jesus had a kingdom. 6. Since Jesus had a kingdom, he was a king. and 7. Since Jesus would die on the cross, he would have to come into his kingdom in the resurrection. Here are at least seven things that confirm the faith of the thief. Equally, Abraham did not confess some theological system when he was in Ur, but years before Genesis 15, we know that he left Ur by faith and obeyed God leaving that place, not knowing whether he went. Hebrews 11.8 Since the book of Hebrews is devoted to affirming that the new covenant is better and superior to that of the old, it clearly establishes that the faith of the Old Testament is the same in quoting from Habakkuk 2.4. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Hebrews 11.38 This is equally confirmed from Romans 1.17 and Galatians 3.11. Likewise, the people that live by this same faith, as listed in the 11th chapter of Hebrews, are from the Old Testament. Yes, the faith that is given by God, Ephesians 2.8, Philippians 1.29, is a living faith that produces works. James 2, 17-26 In fact, just as faith is an evidence of justification, so are works. This is what James is saying when he wrote that Abraham and Rahab were justified by works. As demonstrated before, the ground of justification is the righteousness of God and not our believing or faith exercised by us. Allow me to emphasize again that we must distinguish between the principle of faith and the act of faith, and know that justification is by the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Some may think that we are making too much to do about nothing, but I assure you this is not the case. It is essential that we are clear and accurate regarding the doctrine of justification. It may well be the case that what I am about to say should have been said at the beginning of our study of justification, because theologians and scholars for centuries have affirmed the importance of this doctrine. It has been said by many that Martin Luther said that justification is the article which the Church stands or falls. I recently was listening to a podcast by R.C. Sproul entitled Justification by Faith Alone, wherein he affirmed that this was the essential issue of the Reformation. Regarding Luther's statement, Justin Taylor wrote the following. So about the phrase attributed to Luther than justificatio est articulus stantius es, cadentis Ecclesius if I pronounce the Latin correctly. Justification is the article by which the church stands or falls. From what I have been able to find, the first use of this exact phrase was by Luther's theologian, Balztaxar Meisner, who said that it was a proverb of Luther, In 1618, Reformed theologian Johann Heinrich Osted wrote Articulus Justificationis Dictor Articulus Stantis et Candentis Ecclesia in the Theological Scalista, well it gives the source here, which the quote is, in English, the article of justification is said to be the article by which the church stands or falls. We don't have record of Luther using the exact phrase, but very close. In other words, the Latin quote that is translated that Luther said, because if this article of justification stands the church stands if this article collapses the church collapses luther certainly expressed the same thought in numerous ways but this is the closest i've been to the famous quote that is justin taylor's quotation that's found on the internet under the website of the gospel coalition and i have the link cited in the text. Regardless of the exact words of Luther, this belief has been affirmed by many for centuries. Therefore, if the truth of the doctrine of justification determines whether an ecclesiastical denomination or assembly stands or falls, then what is believed about this doctrine is extremely important. The doctrine of justification is not merely a subject of Christian literature. It is pivotal regarding the authenticity of the house of God, the pillar and ground of the truth, 1 Timothy 3.15. In his podcast, Sproul taught that justification by faith means that the word by, in by faith, is the instrumental cause of justification. He further used the example of Aristotle's philosophy by saying that if an artist takes a piece of marble or some stone and carves out some object, the stone is the material cause and the hammer and chisel used by the artist is the instrumental cause. Therefore, one is justified only when he exercises faith because the faith that the individual puts forth is the instrumental cause of him being justified. Under such teaching, Christ died and secured justification for any who will believe. This presents the idea that Christ secured justification and or salvation for anyone who will put or exercise his faith in Christ. Such proposal does not follow the teaching of the Bible that Christ died only for the elect and no more. It sets forth the idea that Christ died for someone, but not anyone in particular. Salvation is for someone who will believe. This leaves the idea that salvation is secured only by the means of faith and not by the righteousness of God. I realize that some will assert that this is a small thing and hardly worthy discussing, but in reality the difference is greater than what is imagined on the surface. Either salvation and or justification was secured and accomplished in the person and work of Christ or at faith. Even when it is affirmed that faith is not produced by man— and that it is the gift of God, Ephesians 2.8. The fact of the matter is that justification is either by the means of faith or Christ. It cannot be both. The scriptures clearly teach that the ground of justification is the righteousness of God and not faith. Yes, we want to be clear. The believer does receive justification experimentally, at faith, but one must first be justified judicially before he can receive it into his conscience. Faith does not justify; God justifies or pronounces one not guilty because of the finished work of Christ, Romans eight thirty three. Equally, God gives faith to each child of grace when one believes the gospel; he receives in his heart and conscious the truth of justification. No, the gospel does not produce the righteousness of God. It reveals the righteousness of God. See Romans 1, verses 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, The just shall live by faith. The gospel brings forth or brings to light faith. Romans 10:17. 17 The gospel does not produce life and immortality. It brings life and immortality to light. 2 Timothy 1, 10 Therefore, let us be clear regarding the truth of justification being by the imputed righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ and the glorious beauty of the gospel of Christ revealing the truth to regenerated children of God by that faith given to them in the new birth. Let us continually remember the parting words of our Lord. Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer, and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Luke twenty-four, verses forty-six through forty-seven. Our time is expired for today. Farewell. Thank you for listening to today's edition of Baptist Perspective. We archive our episodes so you can go back anytime and listen again. Do you have a question about something you've heard? Or just want to let us know you're listening? Visit us at baptistperspective.wordpress.com That's baptistperspective.wordpress.com Thanks again for listening.